Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Live. On America's Sports Voice. Touchdown, Kansas City. KMOX. One hour down, one more to go. Welcome back into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, you can do so. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Or you can uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. we got to get some weird, obscure text messages in here. So when uh, they come in for Total Information AM, they go, you know what? We're going to start doing a segment each day, random text. I guess, you know what? We have to at your service on after us. Who's, uh, I don't even know. Who's the, uh, we'll figure that out here in a little bit. We believe it's Brad Young is the uh, At Your Service uh, host tonight. We'll confirm that uh, before all is said and done. Things you should know before you uh, before you start talking, but that's a, that's the a story of my life. Want to get into uh, college basketball just a little bit. A couple of stories uh, that I think are interesting. And you talk about something taking a really long time for anything to really happen because of it. If we go back to 2017... Uh, there was the FBI investigation into uh, college basketball. And there were a number of programs who were prominently featured in that 2017 investigation. And bluntly, not a whole lot has come from it. Uh, some coaches have lost their jobs, but it's felt like they've more lost their jobs because of the performance of their teams, not so much because of anything else going on. And one of the programs that was right in the middle of all that was the University of Kansas. Well, today, Kansas announcing, the university, the athletic department announcing that they are going to self-impose some uh, punishment. And what what you're doing as an athletic department when you self-impose punishment is you're trying to gain favor with the NCAA. You're trying to show them that you're taking things seriously. Uh, You're trying to maybe do enough that the NCAA, which probably would have done more, might say, you know what, we they they did enough. It's okay. So that that's what you are trying to do more often than not when you self-impose. You're really it's it's not about punishing yourself. It's about trying to limit the potential punishment that would come down from the NCAA. So that's what Kansas has done. Basketball coach Bill Self and assistant coach uh, Curtis Townsend have been suspended for the first four games of the season. And again, this is all connected to the FBI investigation into college basketball in 2017. So 
that tells you that probably this NCAA investigation going back to 2017 is uh, starting to wrap up. Uh, they were named an NCAA notice of allegations uh, that uh, when the school was basically accused of five level one violations tied to their relationship with Adidas. So what's going to happen here is these two are going to miss the first uh, handful of games of the year. They are going to miss uh, probably the, the most high profile game that they're, they're going to miss is a matchup against Duke in the Champions Classic. That's going to be on November 15th. Assistant coach Norma Roberts is going to serve as the uh, interim head coach. They are also going to uh, miss games uh, against Omaha, North Dakota State, and Southern Utah. So those are the uh, those are the four games. I may have said five. Those are the four games that they are going to uh, miss. I don't think there's any worry about Kansas losing. With all due respect, I don't think there's any worry about Kansas losing to Omaha, North Dakota State, or Southern Utah. Self saying in a statement that he didn't write. I say that. It's technically from him. Coach Townsend and I accept and support KU's decision to self-impose these sanctions. We are in good hands with Coach Roberts, and I'm confident that he will do a great job on the bench leading our team. I'm proud of the way our guys have handled this situation, and I look forward to returning to the bench for our game against NC State. Now, let me say, I, I like Bill Self. And if you don't know, I am a, I'm a proud, proud, proud graduate of Kansas State, so I, I dislike all things Kansas. Uh, and most Missouri folks that are listening to this right now, even though the two teams are not in the same league anymore, dislike all things Kansas. I think we can all like take a step back and say Bill Self is a really, really, really good coach. And obviously that goes back beyond what he did at Kansas when you think about uh, his previous stops, including at the University of Illinois. He is a really good coach. Now, has he ever bent some rules? Probably most coaches have, especially it's probably a little bit better now than it was previously. I think something that we're still learning when it comes to college athletics is name image likeness and how that's going to impact corrupt coaches in the way that they go about things. And I'm not calling Bill self corrupt. All I'm saying is there are corrupt coaches out there and with name image likeness, there are some avenues that are more easy to go down than there than they were previously. And it's the wild, wild west right now. Just recently, the NCAA came out and said that schools cannot, cannot help broker name image likeness deals for student athletes. And that is something that had been going on for quite some time. The second name image likeness became a thing. Schools immediately were assisting student athletes. And the way the NCAA said it, and I I think there needs to be more clarification on it, uh, about there's a difference between, say, brokering a deal and providing resources to a student athlete so they can help help them go out and, and find a way to get a deal done. It's still very, very, very murky. I just, more than anything else, I want this thing to be over with going back to 2017. If you haven't seen, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but uh, if you just do like a Google search, I could do it real quick, uh, for HBO documentary uh, about college basketball. There, there's a fantastic documentary out there. If you have access to, to HBO or HBO Max, you can find it on there. And it's it's amazing the things that are on that documentary, on tape, on video, on audio. And these coaches, even with it out there, some of them are denying that those things even exist. 
Uh, it's a really interesting documentary. I, I I have this sense that it's getting better, that that FBI investigation into college basketball did start things to get a little bit cleaner in the world of college basketball, but I don't know that for sure. I could be completely off base on that. It could be just as bad as it was before. Uh, programs and coaches could be finding new ways to do it, especially with name, image, likeness. I don't know. But the fact that Kansas is suspending Bill Self for four games tells you that they're probably worried about just what could be coming down the pike. One other college basketball thing to get to, and again, we're going to be uh, joined in just a a few moments by uh, Mike Tanier to talk all things NFL football. But one other thing I wanted to get to in uh, college basketball, we continue to sit here in conference realignment, and generally it is football that is motivating most of the realignment. However, it is being reported, and this is a basketball-based decision, Gonzaga, is considering going into the Big 12. Now, if they do that, that creates some scheduling issues because they don't bring football with them. So all of a sudden you would have an uneven number of uh, teams in terms of uh, either football or all the other sports. In all likelihood, it would be basketball. It's easier, to, to I think, to schedule around uneven in basketball just because of the number of games you have. But the Big 12 arguably already is the best basketball conference out there, and Gonzaga would be a big get for them. And I also think that would help Gonzaga in terms of finally winning that national title because as good as they are and as tough of a non-conference schedule as they play every year, with all due respect to the Santa Claras and the St. Mary's and good basketball teams in the West Coast Conference, it's not Kansas, it's not Oklahoma State, it's not Iowa State, it's you know, whatever team you want to name, it's not Texas Tech. It's not Baylor. They're they're not playing those teams in their conference schedule, and it really feels like so often they get into the NCAA tournament and they'll go on a little bit of a run, but eventually they'll go up against one of those Power 5 conference teams and they just won't be completely ready to be able to compete against them. So I think that would be good for Gonzaga. And again, just another domino. We are nowhere close to the end of conference realignment in college athletics. This is something that is going to continue for quite some time moving forward. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Mike Tanier. We'll talk all things NFL football with him as we continue on with Sports Open Line here on a Wednesday night on KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Wednesday night. We are your home for Thursday Night Football, by the way. Uh, Tomorrow's game. One of the more uh, interesting teams this year 
in the NFL to who had the Philadelphia Eagles as the 7-0 team going into a week number nine. Interesting because they're 7-0, not interesting because of who they're playing in the Houston Texans. But a lot of interesting storylines, a lot going on uh, with the Washington Commanders. Talk all things uh, NFL football. Very happy to uh, welcome in a guy who works with uh, football outsiders. They are as good as it gets when it comes to uh, data and analytics and football. And football seemingly is a little bit behind some of the other sports when it comes to that. But at Football Outsiders, they do a great job. Also contributes to uh, the New York Times. He is Mike Tanier. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike, T-A-N-I-E-R. Mike, thanks so much for uh, taking some uh, time with us today. How are you? you got greetings from Philadelphia where the Eagles are 7-0 and and the second most interesting team in the city. That is true, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's 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 interesting right now because I mean it, this happens in sports so often where for whatever reason you'll go through these surges where certain areas are, are really going well, and uh, Phillies, uh, Philadelphia sports fans have a good right now with the Eagles and the Phillies. Absolutely, we haven't had like all the teams in play. Even the soccer team is doing well. Haven't seen anything like this since about 1980. I was 10 years old back then, so it's exciting for me and my neighbors to see what's going on around Philadelphia right now. The Flyers stink, though. <laughs> the Flyers stink, but the Sixers have high expectations. This... If all five of those teams and Villanova basketball were good at the same time, the city would catch fire. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, And look, I know your expertise comes into X's and O's, and like I mentioned a moment ago, the, the data and the analytics, but I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about the big story of the day, yes. and that comes down to the Washington Commanders, who uh, the investigation continues. They're accused of some financial improprieties that you would think every other NFL owner would want uh, the Snyders out. Uh, it's probably not a coincidence that earlier in the day we learned that they're at least talking about selling the team, whether that's actually selling the team or selling minority stakes. We don't really know. But, man, th- this this Washington story just keeps getting worse and worse uh, every week, seemingly. Yeah, it's escalating quickly. And it's worse and worse for the commanders. But it's better and better for people who want Dan Snyder out of the NFL and out of the public eye and on his yacht in international waters where he can do the least harm to people. And what it looks like is happening, I think we were all kind of blindsided by the news that, yeah, they, they've hired Bank of America uh, to like oversee the sale of at least some portion of the team. And yeah, it, it develops later that they appear to have be or be alleged of or there are allegations or uh, uh, an investigation into whether they were hiding money that was supposed to be shareable revenue with the other owners and that they were keeping it for themselves. Now, there is nothing that the other owners will not forgive. They will forgive anything involving uh, sexism, racism, anything else. They will forgive all of that stuff. But if you're not sharing the money you're supposed to share with them, that's the unfor- that's the hanging offense. And that might be what has precipitated Dan Snyder and, and his family to suddenly want to sell that team. Yeah, sometimes you look for signs. And I know, like, like a Jim Ursay, he pops off. But mm-hmm. he, he he popped off about uh, Snyder, and all of a sudden it's an NFL owner talking about another NFL owner. And there was a night right. recently where Al Michaels uh, on the broadcast talked about uh, Snyder, and you feel like he's getting his uh, marching orders probably largely from the NFL. It just feels like there's been enough little things out there that it kind of feels like the NFL wants Dan Snyder out. 
the NFL wants him out, the other owners. Some of them are legitimately angry about various allegations in terms of the way he runs the business. Ursay certainly falls into that category. The others who, again, would turn a blind eye to a lot of things, if they start hearing there was money, and it sounds like the money that was like from Washington Commanders and football team games was getting rerouted and claiming it was from soccer games or tractor pulls or whatever. If that kind of thing is what's really going on, again, all of a sudden that sort of, hey, we're a fraternity and we're going to help you out, all of a sudden that dries up and goes the other way. I'll say one more thing about it. You know, Snyder grasps and hold on, holds on to this team because of the, the esteem, because of like the, the, the fame and the adulation that comes from being an NFL owner. He's not getting any fame and adulation right now. He's taking the opposite of it. At some point, the thing that becomes the selling point of holding onto this team starts to become a detriment, and I think Snyder may have turned that point, the corner at that point. All right, let's get into the actual teams a little bit. The Philadelphia Eagles are the only 7-0 and team in the NFL, but it certainly feels like, whether it's the Buffalo Bills, whether it's the Kansas State Chiefs, the Eagles probably aren't the best team in the NFL. Where do you stand on this? Just how good are the Eagles? Well, I'll tell you right now, out of Football Outsiders and our DVOA rankings, which are our power rankings, the Bills are number one, the Eagles are number two, and the Chiefs are number three. I think most Eagles fans would be okay with that. Say, yeah, we recognize that the Bills are playing a tougher schedule right now. Kind of took one loss to the Dolphins along the way, but look stronger week in and week out. But I will tell you, you opened up by saying, who thought the Eagles would be 7-0? and I'll tell you, my boss at Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz, he was on ESPN. He was in the NFL Network. He had the Eagles as the Super Bowl pick in the NFC, mm-hmm. citing the strength of that roster and the ease of the schedule. If you look at the Eagles' schedule moving forward, there is, except for like their rematch with the Cowboys, the hardest team I think they face down the road is the Titans. There is nothing on this schedule. And that starts, of course, with a Thursday night game against a very beatable Texans team. Well, and it helps them that maybe some teams that we thought a little bit more of when the season got started. They've got the Packers on the schedule. Packers yeah. haven't been good. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect of the Colts this year, but they have not been especially good. Cowboys are all right, but the Saints, obviously, uh, are a team that's not doing anything. They've been helped out by some of these teams that maybe we had higher expectations for that have not come through this year. Exactly right. And the flip side of that is I think most of us had like a three-win Giants team in our head. And while we, the Giants may be fading back to the pack, uh, a little very stronger team. But you're right, you look down at these things. And the Packers, I think most people will agree they're still a tough out, but they're not what they were. The Colts, the Eagles faced the Colts in a couple of weeks, and that's a team that looked pretty strong entering the season. They are circling the drain right now. They're trading ac- assets. They're firing coaches. So it goes, and, and, of course, with the Eagles already being 7-0, and it's hard to envision a scenario where they – don't make the playoffs, where they don't get a high seed in the playoffs, and then put themselves in the position to face even a team in the playoffs like the Rams or the Vikings, who they already beat, that they should be able to get to the later rounds against. Mike Daniel from Football Outsiders continuing to join us here on Sports Open Line. It's so tough to add players midseason that can make a huge difference just when you think about NFL playbooks and integrating with teams. Is there any team, though, in the trades that have been made here over the last couple of days, is there any team that you felt like made themselves noticeably better? There were two, and I'll start with the one that was most interesting to me, the Minnesota Vikings. This is a team that's 6-1. and one. Again, we kind of sleep on them because it's the same old Vikings we've seen for years. They added T.J. Hawkinson from the Lions, and we all know the Vikings have Kirk Cousins, and they have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, two good receivers, two great receivers. They haven't had much at tight end since Kyle Rudolph got older. So now they bring in T.J. Hawkinson. That's a guy who works underneath. Kirk Cousins likes to work underneath and try to distribute those short balls and try to get yak. That's Hawkinson's game. That was a big move for the Vikings as they try to push for the Super Bowl. The other one I think was on everybody's radar. Miami Dolphins added Bradley Chubb of the Denver Broncos as an edge rusher. 
Dolphins' offense is crushing it. Nobody can cover Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle at the same time. Two is finding it easy to just uh, get the ball out there and, and, and rack up big points. Now the Dolphins add an edge rusher. This is a team that we sleep on. They're 5-3. and three. A couple of their losses came when two was injured, when other guys on their line were injured. That's another team. They've got the Bears next week. They can make a run for the playoffs with Bradley Chubb as their edge rusher. So I'll be honest with you. I don't get the Dolphins. And the reason I don't get the Dolphins is because all they do is win games when two is playing. All they do is lose games when he's not playing. And this is no district. This is not like the game changing top quarterback in the NFL. Like he's a nice, respectable quarterback, but it, this is, this is not the, you know, it, I just don't understand how this guy is making this kind of impact. Here's the secret that everybody lost track of. When Tua got hurt, left tackle, Teron Armstead got hurt. That's an all-pro left tackle. He got replaced with guys who were not up to snuff. So when Bridgewater was out there, he had no protection. And while he's a good guy to kind of, hey, here, Tyreek, take the short pass and run. Here, Jalen Wild, take the short pass and run. Teddy Bridgewater can normally do that, but he couldn't because the, the defense was breathing down his neck. Tua has generally had good protection, and he is, like you said, a nice piece kind of quarterback. He can quickly get the ball to those receivers. Those receivers cannot be covered, and he's getting 8, 10, 12-yard passes that turn into 15, 20, 25-yard chunks, and that's that, that's the secret for the Dolphins, and that's why they were able to come back. And remember, they beat teams like the Bills and the Ravens with that formula. All right, so um, we're the uh, Kansas City Chiefs radio affiliate here in the St. Louis area, okay. and – the Bills obviously beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago, but we've seen that happen in the regular season. And then when the Bills and Chiefs play in the postseason, the Chiefs <laughs> tend to win those games. And the Bills have been doing everything that they can to find a way to beat the Chiefs in the postseason. If, if that's the AFC championship, if it's Bills-Chiefs, and that, would, that game would probably be played in Buffalo the way things sit right now, is this the year where the Bills have enough to beat Kansas City in the playoffs? This is the year where the Bills have enough to beat Kansas City in the playoffs. They, they added another piece. They added uh, Naheem Hines, so they've got like another running back with a lot of speed that can kind of flare the ball to. And the Chiefs have have done a phenomenal job uh, turning the page from Tyreek Hill, bringing in other receivers, shoring up their defense. They are as strong as ever. You can't say that about every team that lost a top receiver this year. You can't say that against the, about the Packers. The Chiefs were certainly able to do that. If they go in to Buffalo in January and they have to face the Bills, all I can say is they have to bring their A game from a pass protection standpoint. They have to bring their A game from a tackling standpoint. If they do those things, they can certainly beat the Bills. But if they go out there as the Chiefs, as they sometimes do, and are sometimes a little mistake-prone on defense, have some lapses on offense, do the penalty thing, as I'm sure Chiefs fans tear their hair out with a 30-yard pass gets turned into a holding penalty, if that kind of thing's happened, the Bills are a stronger team this year, and they will be able to take the Chiefs in the playoffs. The Bills are getting Tredavious White back, but uh, Jordan Jordan Poyer hurt his elbow. They went and traded for Dean Marlowe. It just, it, are there a question mark? If there is a question mark, does it come for them defensively? It does come from defensively, but one of the question marks a lot of us had is how are they going to endure until Tredavious White returns? So they had you know Dane Jackson and, and, and Elam, the rookie, and another rookie, and that was their secondary. And they've been fine. They've been fine because they have an outstanding pass rush. They're fundamentally sound in the middle of the field. Yeah, they, they've lost Hoyer and, and, and uh, excuse me, Hyde at different points. And, of course, they're very strong on offense. So one thing about the Bills is they're so deep and they're so strong at so many different areas they can overcome a weakness here or there. So getting Trey White back kind of like offsets 
the loss of Poyer and still makes them the team to beat in the AFC. Mike, I want you to give a plug for Football Outsiders because we don't talk yes. about advanced statistics in football very much. That's a baseball thing. Occasionally we get into it in basketball, a little bit in hockey. Football at times seems a little bit behind, but you guys lead the way at Football Outsiders. If people go uh, to, to footballoutsiders.com, what can they see and what can they learn about the game? Well, from a stat standpoint, you get uh, splits and breakdowns, our exclusive DVOA statistic, which will help you rank not just teams, not just quarterbacks, et cetera, but teams on third downs, teams in the red zone, uh, teams on running plays, passing plays, et cetera. All kinds of stats and splits like that. And it's not just stats and splits, but we have a lot of articles. We have film breakdowns by Derek Klassen, who's been doing it for years. I come in and kind of do my jokes and things and then break down the stats. Aaron Schatz, who's been a leader in the industry, the Bill James of football for 20 years, comes in every week and tells you what it all means. You get all of that. A lot of it's free. If you really want the breakdowns and want to see uh, fantasy information, how teams do against number one receivers, how teams do against number two receivers, so you can put your fantasy lineups in, that requires an FO Plus membership. Very affordable. Check out the site, and you can find out what that's all about. He is uh, Mike Tanier, at Mike, T-A-N-I-E-R, on Twitter. Great stuff. Hopefully we can have you on again. Really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Take care, and go Phillies. All right, very good. There's uh, Mike Tanier. Uh, by the way, World Series is underway. Top of the second inning, scoreless. The uh, Astros and the Phillies, a borderline must-win game for Houston. The Astros are batting right now in the top of the second. Runners on at the corners and one out. If anything changes, we will certainly uh, let you know as the evening goes along. We're going to continue this NFL conversation up next, though. We'll talk a bit about the situation involving the Washington Commanders. It's not good. It's not good. But we could say that about that franchise for a long time. There's been a lot of bad stuff happening uh, under the leadership, if you want to call it that, of Dan Snyder. We'll discuss next. It's Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice. Touchdown, Kansas City. KMOX. There might not be a sports franchise out there that is more poorly run than the Washington Commanders. And I am not talking about on-field product. I am talking about the way they run the business because Dan Snyder is a bad guy. He's everything we know about him. If if even a tenth of what has been reported about him and about the commanders is true, if any bit of it is true, he is a very immoral, very bad person who... Uh, just lives their life in a way that nobody should be striving their life to live. He's got lots of money, uh, but that's about all he's got going for. The uh, allegations of many women who have worked for that organization and some things that happened with them, whether it was reportedly the spiral staircase 
where men in the organization would literally go stand underneath the staircase and look up as women were walking down, whether it was the allegations that when they were doing a swimsuit calendar involving uh, cheerleaders for the team, that there were some uh, videos and photos that were taken when they shouldn't have been taken and that they were delivered to Snyder and he was uh, sharing those explicit photos and explicit videos with other people. Stuff like that existed, and there's a lot of reason to believe that every single allegation that has been made about that organization is true. Uh, A lot of people have gone out, and look, this this is an organization that has been investigated from a governmental standpoint. This is an organization that has been investigated from a journalistic standpoint as well, and bad stuff has always come out. We we don't have enough time left in this program just to go through everything that has been reported. The thing that stinks about the NFL, and Mike Tanier made reference to this just a few moments ago in our conversation, NFL owners will will forgive you for anything. You're sexist. You, you do things that are, are wrong and degrading towards women. Eh, it's okay. We'll we'll suspend you for a little while. We'll fine the organization a half a million dollars, which is a drop in the bucket to these uh, billionaire owners. You do things that are uh, borderline racist. Ah, whatever, doesn't matter. You're 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 part of you're part of the club. You're you're in the club. You're an NFL owner. We're all going to stand together, and it really doesn't matter when when it finally gets to the point that you are a bad enough person that other NFL owners are looking at you and go, yeah, I don't want to do have anything to do with you, that tells you a lot because none of those NFL owners, based off the way they conduct their business, none of those people are overly good guys, right? Uh, they're just not. So a couple things come out on Washington uh, football today. So first off, uh, it was reported early on in the day that uh, Dan and his wife, Tanya Snyder, the owners of the team, that they have enlisted Bank of America to start seeing whether or not there might be an opportunity to sell the team. Now, I say sell the team. What's not clear at this point is whether or not he is willing to sell the entire team or if he is just looking to infuse the organization with some more capital. So he is looking for minority owners. There's a lot of people out there who believe that Snyder is not going to be pushed out and that uh, this announcement today is about bringing in some minority owners. And they want a new stadium. A new stadium is going to be just a huge cash infusion into the Snyder family, assuming they're still owning the team. So the belief is that maybe he's just looking to get some help uh, from some outside investors. So that was reported fairly early on in the day. And then a few hours later, an ESPN report comes out. I read, the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia has opened a criminal investigation into allegations that the Washington commanders engaged in financial improprieties. Two sources familiar with the matter confirmed to ESPN on Wednesday. The source is saying that prosecutors are focused on several areas and that the inquiry was triggered by a letter to the House Committee on Oversight and Reform sent to the Federal Trade Commission and several attorney generals in April alleging deceptive business practices. Attorney General in Virginia and Washington, D.C. are also investing allegations of the financial impropriety. 
A team spokesperson uh, issued a statement to ESPN and said, quote, It's not surprising that ESPN is publishing more falsehoods based solely on anonymous sources given today's announcement. We are confident that after these agencies have had a chance to review the documents and complete their work, they will come to the same conclusion as the team's internal review that these allegations are simply not true. The NFL was asked for comment, and their spokesperson, Brian McCarthy, said, quote, We will decline comment. Uh, So right now, uh, they have a governmental investigation into them. Also, the NFL in April had uh, engaged former SEC chair Mary Jo White to look into the team, and it is the second time that White is investigating the team, and this is all connected to these financial improprieties. Basically, there's two things that the team is being accused of. One of them probably the NFL doesn't really care about all that much, is that whether it was uh, down payments on tickets or um, other things that they were uh, putting down, uh, refundable deposits, fans putting down refundable deposits on uh, seats, that that money is not being returned to fans in full and that the organization is very much doing that on purpose. So that's the first allegation And that really stinks for those fans. And if you were a fan and you didn't get your money back and didn't realize it and uh, the team made it really, really challenging for you to find a way to get that money back, I think you should be pretty angry about that. But the NFL isn't worried about that. What the NFL is going to be worried about is underreported ticket revenue. So this is the way it works in the NFL. You sell tickets. You report your ticket revenue. All the ticket revenue goes into a pot and then it is shared amongst the league. So when you bring in ticket revenue, that is money that you are sharing with other NFL owners. Uh, What this report says, the allegations against the Washington Commanders, is that they have brought in some of this ticket revenue, but then what they have done is instead of putting that money into the line item of tickets for Washington – They have put it into the category of a 2013 Kenny Chesney concert. They have put it into the 2014 Navy-Notre Dame college football game. Uh, According to a whistleblower who worked for the team previously, he said what they would call that is juicing up the revenue and that they had two separate sets of books. They had the real set of books, that showed exactly what money they were making and how they were making that money. And then they had the juiced books where some of this money that they were supposed to share with the NFL was being placed in other categories, and those were the books that were being shared with the NFL. NFL owners love money. They love money so much. You go one owner to another owner to another owner, they love money. Stan Kroenke is a horrible human being that screwed over this city because he loves money. That's and he is not alone. He may be amongst the you know bottom five percent of NFL owners when it comes to morality and things like that. He may, maybe he's the guy standing next to Dan Snyder going, "Ah, hey, what he did wasn't that bad." But there, it's because of just this obscene love of money, money. And things and stuff 
just all of that. That's what NFL owners love. So when one NFL owner is holding money back from other NFL owners, that's going to be enough to get them angry. That's going to be enough to get them up off their seats. That's why Jim Ursay was able to comment publicly about Dan Snyder. They had this is not something new. Like this is something that they had been accused of quite some time ago. This whistleblower who had worked in the organization made these accusations. It feels like it's been over a year since these accusations have been made. I remember talking about this uh, when it happened. Now it is finally officially being uh, investigated uh, by some uh, by some attorney general. So that that obviously escalates the situation a little bit. So. If you're another NFL owner, you can all of a sudden get a little bit more angry about the alleged improprieties when it comes to other things, uh, the, the the sexism and all that sort of stuff. You 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 feel better. You kind of puff out your chest saying that you, you can't go for that when you know at the end of the day what you're really upset about is the fact that money is being uh, is being kept away. And the number one thing here, and this is where. This is where the NFL being as big as it is, you know, the NFL really can't fail right now. There's there's nothing that's going to take down the National Football League. At one point, people thought concussions would take down the National Football League. It didn't. Didn't get close to it. Remember the concussion movie? Nobody wanted to go see it. Nobody, nobody wants to know what's going on behind the scenes. So nothing's going to take down the NFL. Even if this story just continues to get worse and worse and worse, and it is as bad as it could possibly be, it's not taking down the NFL. It's not even denting the NFL. So the, there's all kinds of emails and documents out there. There was the investigation uh, of the team that was done by uh, Beth Wilkinson that resulted in a $10 million fine of the uh, team and a long suspension for Snyder. But there was no written report, no written report, uh, not not publicly, not officially. They they just fined the team $10 million. They suspended Dan Snyder, but they're not talking openly. You go back to the what got John Gruden fired, John Gruden, the former Raiders coach. He was emailing back and forth with Bruce Allen, a former executive for Washington's football team, and there was some stuff that came out in those emails that was pretty bad. But we don't know what the rest of the emails were. These documents are out there, but nobody will release them. And the NFL is keeping it very, very quiet because they don't feel like they have to. They 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 don't feel like there's going to be enough pushback to impact their business. Now, at some point, could, an invest, could a governmental investigation get to a point where these documents become part of the public record? Maybe, maybe. Uh, but in all likelihood, that's not going to happen. I do think it's pretty clear that the NFL right now is actively working to push Dan Snyder out. And the big question right now is whether or not today's announcement about Bank of America is Snyder kind of acquiescing to that and going ahead and making the decision that he is going to sell and he's going to get out of the uh, get out of the business or whether or not Snyder is actually being defiant. And all he's actually trying to do is find some minority owners to infuse the organization with that much more money as they continue to try to get a new stadium built. That's the question that is not answered right now. I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know when we will find out the answer to that.
All right, one more break. We'll come back and we'll uh, wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line. Again, if you have thoughts, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well. This is Sports Open Line on a Wednesday night here on KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of a Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name's Matt Pauley. Only a one-hour program tomorrow, Thursday night football. The undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in action against the Houston Texans. Uh, the Texans are not very good, but they've been kind of competitive this year. And that Thursday night game, you just never really know what's going to happen in that game. But pretty safe bet that the Eagles are going to uh, win that game coming up tomorrow. Update on the World Series. They are through two innings, and the Astros and Phillies are scoreless. The Astros have the only two hits of the game. Philadelphia leads that series two games to one, now one out in the top of the third inning. So the Phillies trying to take that 3-1 series lead, and we'll see if uh, they are able to uh, do that before all is said and done. I shouldn't think this is funny. I I don't. I, do I? Like when I first saw this story, I kind of chuckled a little bit, and it's something I shouldn't chuckle about. But it, if if just like a random person out there gets their car stolen, I feel really bad for them. Like that is, I can't imagine getting my car stolen. I I've had my car broken into a couple times, and you feel so incredibly violated. When that happens, I remember, and I, I drive a soft top Jeep. So my car is literally the easiest car in the world to break into. All you need is like a pair of scissors to break into my car or a knife or what, or a time because my car is put together with zippers and Velcro. Like anybody I've locked up with the key, my keys in my car a few times. I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to take 20 minutes because I got to take the top off my car with zippers and, uh, and everything. Like it's, I, you, anybody can break into my car. Um, but it's, 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 it's always annoying. I, I, a lot of times I just leave my car unlocked and I don't leave anything in it because I know that anybody can break into it at any moment. So just don't leave anything in there. What's frustrating is when somebody like slashes open your window and it was unlocked. Like, just open the door, dude. You don't have to kill my car. Anyways, I getting your car stolen, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine how violated you would feel. Uh, I know that is a problem in our community. Cars are getting stolen too often. Matt Pajeski, are you ever worried about your car being stolen? A little bit. Downtown. Okay. If I'm parking for a Blues game or even a Cardinals game, yeah, it's in the back of my mind. And you don't drive a Kia, right? Aren't the Kias the one that gets stolen all the time? Yeah, the new ones are. Yeah, yeah the Kias get stolen. I've got a friend. So uh, there's not a ton of similarities between St. Louis and Milwaukee, and I was living in Milwaukee before. One of the biggest similarities between St. Louis and Milwaukee is the problem with cars getting stolen. And it's probably not just it, – it's probably happening in every city in the country. I've One of my best friends drives a Kia, has had his car stolen four times four times one time he had it stolen out of a garage so literally the people who stole the car had to pay to pay put to pull out of the garage they he had the ticket in there um but speaking of milwaukee the head coach of the milwaukee bucks mike budenholzer he had his car stolen and i find that funny that's so that's so wrong see here's why it's funny because like 
this doesn't it's annoying for him if if a guy making millions and millions and millions of dollars a year has their car stolen it's a nuisance it's annoying hopefully there there wasn't anything really important obviously if there's something really important in the car it changes the tone of the story but if it's just you getting your car stolen it's a really annoying thing more than anything else he drove an Audi uh, and the police gave him a ride home. Like, that's something that's not happening to a normal person as well. Uh, if your car gets stolen, they're, they're telling you to probably uh, get an Uber or call somebody you know to come pick you up. Mike Boonholzer is getting uh, is getting a ride home uh, from the police. But, yeah, any that just goes to show you anybody out there can get their car stolen. Mike Boonholzer, the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, an NBA champion winning coach, uh, he walked out. He was doing some shopping or something, and uh, he walked out. He walked to where his car was supposed to be, and the car was gone. The car was found. Nobody was hurt. Uh, now, no indication on the uh, how the car looked. A lot of times, cars get stolen. They are just like destroyed. You know, you, you hot wire or whatever. It's a lot of times the dash area is just completely destroyed. So, no indication on that. But. An NBA head coach getting their car stolen, just like, I guess, anybody else out there in the world, although not anybody else out there is driving an Audi, that's for sure. All right, that is it for this edition of a Sports Open Line. At your service on the way next, Brad Young's got you for the next two hours here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.